podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome to this week's five-year plan podcast. Hey, I'll just meet him. Uh, okay, <laughs> I thought it, I did think it was going to be a bit of a sort of muted way, oh. given given the result of the weekend, which we will get on to, of course, as Palace oh, really? lost <laughs> the first game of the season. That's, I think that's the most unnecessary menu we've ever given out on the show, isn't it? Really, it's not really a, it's not really we, a menu. We might it? be mentioning the. Well, obviously we will be. Um, And we'll introduce our guests in a bit, but before we do that, we've got our sponsors, of course, which is Vector Printing for all your print and embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk and that's Vector with Okay. Okay. He doesn't want to do the third one. Fine. And JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Hey, I'll stay. It's a job, mate. (laughs) Sorry about that. You had your moment. You lost it. Um, okay, so before we get onto the pod, uh, new season of FYP is out against Swansea on August the 26th. Which is our next home game? Next home game. Mm. Uh, so worth. there's loads of stuff in that. Mm. £1.50, usual price. Uh, look out for it against Swansea from, I don't know, 1 o'clock, one thirty. Who knows? We'll let you know. And uh, that's it. Who's on the pod this week? Kevin Day. Hello. Travis Endicott. Hello. Andy Street. Hello. Good. Um, right. What happened on Saturday, Kevin? What what happened? Well, do you want we could have the short version, in which case the pod could end, end in a matter of minutes' time, or we can have the long version. The short version is that uh, a team with a manager who'd been there less than six weeks adapting to a system that they'd had less than six weeks, and in some cases a couple of days to adapt to, were playing a team with individually play, inferior players who'd been playing the same system for... A year and a half, basically. That's mm-hmm. the short version. Uh, That's the long version. Uh, that plus Joel Ward, <laughs> <laughs> essentially. But whatever the, you know, we'll talk about it all night. There's, I was astonished. I was disappointed. For the, of course I was. We all were. I was astonished at the level of vitriol and criticism from Palace fans. Even during, to be perfectly honest. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't good in any way, shape or form. But what did we expect? And we, It's going to take some time. And it's... I just clearly think there are some Palace fans who are still sulking about the fact we haven't signed Mamadou Sacco. Which we, we still might do. Still we won't. a few weeks left. But I think uh, we will. I think we won't. But do you want to have a charity bet? Who can have a bet for charity? Yeah. I'd f- I don't think 
I think it's too late. So I don't think we'll sign him now because De Boer will think it looks like a sign of weakness. He doesn't fit De Boer's profile. De Boer's not interested. He's not but, a good enough footballer. Do, but, I mean, do we need him? We, but we regardless, we, we got, we, I mean, that's an argument for later on in the pod, but right, I just thought right. the, I thought the, the criticism after the game was frankly ludicrous. Okay, well, on yeah, that then, because we've, we've had... Frankly, I see what you did there. Yeah. Nice. We've had so many questions. I'm, I've put some questions in part one. Hey, oh, yes. And sorry, I didn't... I've yeah, yeah, just yeah, 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 what yeah, I did then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ronald Lee, ludicrous. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy Lee Lee, ludicrous. <laughs> um, Tony He's King. Hawaii, I believe. Tony King. Hi, Tony. Hi, Tony. I said, on a sliding scale of meltdowns, I'll put this one to Andy... Where does this one sit? I mean, I've seen so many of them now that I'm rather desensitised to it, frankly. Um, it was a meltdown, but you, you tend to get to meltdowns pretty regularly, don't you? You talk about player meltdown or fan meltdown? Well, both. I mean, I, they both could apply, frankly, couldn't they? Um, could, I assume play a, a, a fan meltdown, but... I mean, there's there's, a, there's an issue here, isn't there, of sort of management of, of expectations where you've been sort of trumpeting the fact that they look amazing in training and that it's the Dutch revolution and that we've taken on someone who was nearly a World Cup winner in 1998 when he made the semi-finals and uh, in 2000 when I think they reached the final again and lost to France and, you know, tr- heralded player. Yeah, 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 great player. Won yeah. the Champions League with Ajax. Did he win it with Barcelona? Probably. This is yeah. almost like a trivia I segment mean, rather I mean, than you actually could any, any form just of analysis. This, Thank yeah. you very much. Um, but like, we, we, were, we were, it's not that I'm not fully blaming it on stuff coming out of the club because a lot of it then comes down to perceptions fans have and expectations that everything is immediately going to be great and that because we're trying to play the Barcelona way that immediately they'll look like Barcelona rather than to coin a phrase from a good friend trying to play Barcelona tactics with Barnsley players which is what it looked like at times I mean Scott Dan cannot play in my opinion as the central centre-back in that three why not he's just not a good enough ball player I mean, he's okay on the ball. He's he's not intuitive enough with his movement. We used to so, herald him as this this brilliant ball playing. Well, he, he was we? in that in that sort of older system. Of he was in that older system that we in the same way that Joel Ward looked okay in a deep four four two four five one that that we played sort of Pulis, Pulis or Allardyce style. But as soon as you ask him to cover him behind, Joel Ward looks like a fish out of water. Um, and, and similarly, Scott Dan when he has to actually as a center, cent- central centre-back in, in the three, push up into midfield when when you've got the ball but higher up the pitch. He's not able to do that. He's just not got the positional wherewithal. And at the moment, it just looked... Well, it's one game, so we shouldn't get too carried away. And I was, I was saying all these things very much in context after the match when I was talking about it. It is only one game, but it did look a little bit like a punk band trying to play modal jazz. Mm. It just looked like, you know, completely the wrong format. You've given this guy who only knows how to play three three guitar chords a saxophone and say go and emulate John Coltrane and he's gone what? I don't know what you're talking about um, you just ask them to do something that's completely foreign to them and some of them might adapt mm. some of them might just be a little bit naive like the the two uh, other centre backs there who are you know 19 and 20 which is very young to be playing as part of central defence in the Premier League some of them may not adapt at all mm-hmm. gonna have to take it you know but he has we have had pre-season playing under this system and that's the thing We've had the whole preseason doing it and trying to implement it. It has only been a few games. The weird thing is, though, is only having five or six games with a few players trying to put this uh, formation, a new tactical thing in place, and then suddenly bringing in players that haven't played during preseason into that system. Joe Ward. Which moves me on to the Joe Ward situation. And Fossey Mensah, who's only been at the club and training since probably Tuesday, Wednesday, jumped, pushed straight into that system. So now suddenly, out of the back three, you've got one player who's never played in the Premier League, one player who's playing a new system for a new team that he only just joined 
in that week. You've got a right wing back who hasn't played any of the preseason at right wing back. And it just looked as if it was, um, I don't know, it, 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 it was set up to fail. After I was I was looking in the pub at the lineup, and when I saw Ward in there, I was trying to figure out what formation we're actually trying to play because I didn't believe that actually he was going to walk into that starting lineup. And I can see why he wasn't picked in preseason. I don't know why he was picked then. Was Come the middle of September, it might end up looking you know super coherent, and this will sound like a ridiculous conversation. But True. you you look at that performance on Saturday and. It was a bad, bad, bad performance. It's not really this conversation because it was bad. It, it, it was bad. It was. There's no point denying it was bad. But first of all, I think you have to listen to what David Wagner said afterwards. He said 3-0 flattered them. Mm-hmm. And even in playing badly, their keepers started to make three or four really good saves. It wasn't just the 3-4-3. Wilf had an off day. Wolf just didn't, wasn't there at all. Wolf looked like he was worried about getting battered from, from minute mm. one. And he did get battered. Partly because of the he? referee, and I yeah. agree. But Wilf looked like he just made the wrong options. Benteke doesn't work in that system for me. He doesn't work hard enough. But it it was I can only yeah we've talked before about the what I what I like to call the Porson's murmur at two o'clock <laughs> when the teams come out, and it was like literally the whole pub was just going this is this is not because we talked last week on the pod when we thought that Fossi Mensah was coming in, and we said well this is a good problem because does he come in as the third centre back and that releases Luca to go into midfield, does he come in as the right wing back for whatever you call it and that releases Andros to go further up so these, but these were good issues so, so where does Loftus cheek play blah, blah. and so the Ward thing was a complete and utter curveball and he looked he just looked out of place in the situation and, and let's be fair whatever the system it, it was two mistakes by Ward that cost the goals and that's not the, to do with the system the system won Chelsea the Premier League the system won Arsenal 10 out of 11 games the system's, the system's not as alien to British football as everyone seems to think it is mm. but whatever system you could play you can't legislate for that rank bad Defending at a corner, or for the or for the or for the second or for the second goal, where he was caught. Especially for me, was that was the one that did it because Ward, in that back, he was he was dragged out of position a little bit, but there was no cover behind him for the one-two that got played behind him. Although he was playing for getting dragged out, but when the ball got played into the box, I just paused it. When that ball's in midair, you've got Van Arnholt, and you've got the Riedervold, and you've got Dan, and you've got Fossi Mensah standing in the line like they're zonal marking a corner or a free kick, and he just. Strolls up, what the Mounier strolls up and yeah. jumps, and no, Rydwell doesn't even jump off the ground to challenge him for the header. It just feels like that three at the back has thrown everyone, and instead of having three players to mark a striker, you've they've just it just looked confused and lost. <laughs> well, I think to me it looked like they just weren't expecting the cross to get in. There were, <laughs> there were three players who just thought, well, there's no way this ball's going to be coming in. Well, they should have known it was coming. Yeah, they should have known. Seconds when that one-two went around, there was yeah, nothing else that was going to happen. The whole Ward thing was, you know. Everyone's going. Well, Andros must be going. And well, Ward's going. We know Ward's going. So what that picking Ward was strange. Was there was really strange. Isn't there and Ward, did you hear that? That I Townsend didn't. turned up late and was thus dropped for the game. Well, they should have explained that after. Still doesn't. I still the you know, Loftus cheek playing wide right. That it's well. What also, if other, turns up late? You drop him for uh, Keshi Anderson. Okay, well, you're, you're a minute late. It's ten points. Well, he can't have been. He can't have been. He can't have been that late because the team sheet has to be in a, an hour before kickoff, and if he's not on the team sheet, he's not involved in the game. Yeah. Full stop. So it's he must have been. On it's the, just a theory. Well, you know, he, well, he must have been on the team sheet at two o'clock, so he can't have turned up that late. Also, the other thing is as well is you can't play that system with 
Hennessy can't play that like that. <laughs> and what annoyed yeah, you should probably miss off that at the end of that sentence. Well, no, but, but you can't. But, but what annoyed me, you know, because we saw Julian in the friendly the week before, and fair enough, it's a friendly, but he's comfortable with the ball at his feet. But what annoyed me most, because you could see Scott Dan in particular was so unnerved by the fans shouting, don't give it to Hennessy, that he started playing it into the middle, into unknown areas in the middle. So we're, and it, But professional footballers shouldn't do that. Whatever system they're playing in, they shouldn't be getting instructions from the fans. You can see there's an element of panic yeah. read through. And you can see Dan was doing his night, but it wasn't. It was a five-minute moment of mayhem, basically, where everything went completely wrong. But we still, you know, they scored the third goal straight after Scott Dan missed the easiest chance he'll have all season. If we'd scored that, I think we would have still got a point. So it's... it's been take over that, but, save yeah, them. Take over yeah, and you can't stress well. enough that they, that team are playing a system that they've played for a long time. It's a fairly straightforward system. They've played that system for half of the season before last and all last, se- all last season. The players they brought in, they brought in early, so they've had a lot more time to adapt to it. And I just don't. I don't understand the panic. I don't understand. Well, you, should, what, you, just, you shouldn't look that bad against the team. That's no, you shouldn't. Playoffs. And I said that theoretically. I, they the, the other, no, the I other agree, thing. I agree. I said, and I said this well. in Talksport all week. Whatever system we play, you shouldn't. You shouldn't lose. You should be able to beat Huddersfield. But having said that, we should be able to beat Sunderland. But it's not just about well, beating Huddersfield. It's just yeah. scoring a goal against them. They're the yeah, only team that come into the Premier League on a negative goal difference. Yeah. And if we're boasting the likes of Zaha and Benteke on the pitch. Then we but need was, to look more dangerous than we did. The the one chance that was the closest going was just from a set piece, which could happen against anyone technically. I just thought we'd break them a lot more down. And considering how open and it was at the back, I just thought that it possibly might have just been. It's not like we walked away just going, "This was super good defensively and really weak it, attacking." It's the first just, when we lost four, we looked home. lost up front as well. We did. But it's the foot, but Zaha we, looks like he was trying too hard to be the main man, which he's been praised as for the last six months. It felt it was a bit like he just looked lost as well. His decision made. When we lost 4 at home to Sunderland, we weren't in the pub going, well, we can't play this system anymore. We haven't got the players for this system. It was just a bad day at the office. That's because I'd already been there since the 44th yeah, minute. Exactly. Nobody was saying, well, we can't, we have to change it. We have to change everything off the back of that result. We have to change the way we play. But we did change we quite change. a lot after that result. Not really. We brought new players in, but we didn't really change the system or the way we played football. It's just, we, you know, Fossey Mensa had been there since Wednesday. Well, you know, the whole, it's just a mystifying team selection, but it doesn't mean straight away that it's never going to work and that we won't bring new players in to make it work. It's just way too early for everyone to go, oh, I, I didn't like him in the first place. I mean, One of the most respected coaches in world football doesn't know what he's talking about. This whole nonsense. Like, and, and of course it's going to take time because we're a club that's played a certain way for four or five years. So it doesn't matter who you bring in. You know, Scott Dan has got to get used. Scott Dan's been playing a certain type of football where he's instinctively, muscle memory knows where he's meant to be on the pitch. And that's got to change. He's got to think about where he's on the pitch. But that's, you've got to give it time to change. You can't suddenly go, right, that's it. That's not working. Let's go. Let's get back to 4-4-2 or 3-5 or whatever it is. Because it, It's interesting though. You said um, probably about five minutes ago, a very good point, but also quite glibly about, you know, that, that system not suiting Benteke. And to me, your system, you, you look at your personnel, you then pick the system that best suits the personnel that you have available or you try and tailor the personnel you have if you want to adapt and sort of change systems. And then you hope that the players execute it properly day, day in, day out on the training field. And then when it comes to matches, they do the same. Um, you, no, Benteke is not good enough to impose a, a complete system around him. You assume when you come in that a player like Benteke is good enough to change. Well, it's not to, just to Benteke adapt. though, is it? Because if you've got a keeper like Hennessy who can't clip the ball out and you've got a central defender like Dan, who isn't able to push up and play as part of a midfield when he's without the ball, and you don't have a right wing back, and you don't have a strike who's able to drop it. I mean, you're talking about six first team players that you need to implement that different type of system. And I'm not saying I'm not the sort of person who thinks change is bad or that any form of 
adaptation that the, the club chooses to make on a tactical level is necessarily bad because we've had it work before in a different way. But it just strikes me as a slightly inefficient way to go about things, to say, right, we're changing from A to B. We're not really going to say why we specifically want to change from A to B, but in order to change from A to B, we're going to have to bring in five or six genuinely decent first-team players. That's a big shift change in a very mm. short amount of time. Well, we've brought three in already. We've brought well, Riderwell, who's played nothing but three at the back. Fossey Mensah's played three at the back. Townsend says he's really liked adapting to this new system. He's really enjoying it. So Haas said it's freed him to play the sort of football he wants to play. Loftus-Cheek has played three at the back with Chelsea. He's played all sorts of things. Yeah, but if Benteke should be good enough to adapt to that system in the way that Costa adapted when and other Chelsea players adapted like Victor Moses adapted when Chelsea changed to it after four or five games last season they knew what system Frank de Boer was going to play and Frank de Boer made it quite clear that if that's the system we were going to play so it's up to them of course he's going to bring new players in it, but it's up to you assume that Benteke, Benteke costs 30 million quid he's supposed to be a, a top class international striker if he's not good enough to play in it, and it's not so much he's not good enough but he doesn't put the work in he doesn't move, he's not mobile enough at the moment for that. And that's nothing to do with talent, that's to do with attitude. What mystified me is the fact, you know, he didn't start with, assist, with the, the personnel that we thought he would start with. That's, and so you can't judge it yet because I can't see Joel Ward starting for Palace again. I simply, and you can't, I don't think you could begin to judge it until you see the players that we thought were going to be playing in the system that were... Well, we might have to playing. wait till the end of August then. Well, we might do. We've said this all along. We've said this in the pod last week. And yes, we should be good enough to beat Huddersfield at this stage of the season, but stupid results happen. We weren't good enough to beat Burnley at home last season or Swansea at home last season. But De Boer's been manager for six weeks. He's got to make a real sea change to the whole whole attitude of the club and the players, and of course that's going to take time. Well, well, and if it does, and if it, I mean, if it's still like this in ten games' time, I'll be the first one to say he's got to adapt. But he knows that he's one of the best coaches in the world. He knows that, and as, well, until we know why he played Ward or why he didn't. Uh, uh, well, I mean, there's that one play theory. Townsend, I don't then, know if that's yeah, but, on, but we're Huddersfield, yeah. in a way, kind of the worst team to play because he was asked during the week, is it a dream first game? But actually, playing a team like that who are so used to playing one it's way and know what they're, team to play, they're doing, was it actually kind of the, you know, would an away game for us have been a, bit, a better first game, Andy? We, we know we're good on the counter and we can, we can just sort of play to our strengths rather than trying to change everything so quickly against a team who just know exactly what they're doing. Well, I mean, again, with the caveat that it's one game and let's not get carried away there's there's just so many sort of warning signs there to be derived from it that I think would have been there regardless of the opposition there was just a naivety to the performance that I think would have seen us in in dire straits against most teams playing like that they're not the only team in the Premier League Huddersfield who press they're not the only team in the Premier League who are physical they're not the only team in the Premier League who will sometimes look to go direct if they need to you know these are they're not the only team in the Premier League who try to play really high intensity high octane fast football at times you know these are pretty perma features of, of the Premier League lots and lots and lots of teams play in that way whether it's just in one facet or all of those facets so I, I, I don't see it being the issue that you can talk up Huddersfield too much they look okay actually they, they look pretty tidy and I, I don't think that they'll flounder this season but a lot of teams coming up into the Premier League don't flounder you can't just go well Huddersfield, Huddersfield on, on the barometer that you need to look at because if you keep on losing to teams of that elk and I'm not saying that we will or that we have then you're going to be in a very difficult situation particularly with the run of fixtures that we've got coming up yeah but you could argue you know if, if you want you could argue we didn't get Frank De Boer in on time the Frank De Boer, you know, we didn't get a new manager in time you could argue that's a problem we, are, I think, we only had four pre-season games yeah, looking well, back that doesn't feel like that was that many no it doesn't but I just, 
yeah, I, I think it's ludicrous. You talk about naive. I think it's naive to assume that if we'd started four, you know, playing four four two on Saturday, or if we'd started playing three five two or whatever we played, that, that we would have won that game quite comfortably. Because strange things happen this time of the season. Simple as that. And it doesn't help when Palace fans, after twenty five minutes, just completely turned. Yeah, because I've never seen that happen before, and it, I, it was understandable because there there was that panic. But that comes from the stands as well. I mean, that's we, we talked how many times have we said that you're going to play youngsters and new play. You've got to be patient. You can't have it both ways. You can't say, "Well, great, I'm glad we've got a manager who's going to bring new young talent for, even if it's from Chelsea or Man United." But at the same time, as soon as that new young talent makes a mistake, I'm going to I'm going to get on their back. You can't do that. It's as simple as that. But is that is that kind of level of expectation that's been raised systematic of bringing in a, a world class well, man? Of course it like is. Yeah. So you know, that, that's gonna, you're going to get some fans who are just going to yeah. suddenly think, "Well, we're going to beat teams yeah. like Huddersfield. We're going to finish top ten, yeah. regardless of the fact that it will take a bit more time to." Well, that's to fine transition. because we should. We need to change our mindset about where we finish. But at the same time, these things take. take you, it's, you've got to have some power. I, I can't believe how quickly the the atmosphere changed on Saturday. It was astonishing. I mean, it was only a few. It wasn't everyone, was it? It was only, it was only a bit. And to be fair, full time, there wasn't any. There no, was no. mostly applaud. In fact, I saw Palace fans applauding and shake Huddersfield players off, shaking their hand and stuff. Yeah. So that, you know, it wasn't everyone, but there were there were some frustrated fans. Yeah. Um, let's let's wrap up part one there. Uh, in part two, we've got loads of questions about what. Um, I mean, none of them are that. None of them are that positive. <laughs> in fact, there are there's two positive ones that I've saved for the end. Um, I'll be honest I was going to skip this pod until the result happened <laughs> I was going to go right I've, I've done my one for the month got, got to look after my newborn baby but then I saw a time like <laughs> get my car keys it's not that not sort of that pod way. is it <laughs> whoa right I'll see you after this Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey. Hey. Pod 220. Wow, they fly mm. by, don't they? Yeah, they do. Uh, sponsored by Vector Printing for your printing embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk and it's Vector with a K. Hey. I was in unison. And uh, JCIS, a global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Oh, it's nice to have an Endicott back on the pod doing it that is, bit, isn't, it? isn't it? It's lovely. Yeah, yeah. It feels, really nice. feels natural. Feels good. Um, the first question is from Tweeting Nav. Hi, Tweet. Nav. He says, um, shortest honeymoon period for a manager ever? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, sh- that's got... Oh, that's a good, good question. That surely has to be... for old, Well, for older fans, Alan Mullery didn't even get the, yeah, the yeah. honeymoon. That kicked off before the, before the, the marriage even. He was never going to get one. No. Is it... Dave Dave Bassett when he second time yeah. second time around. Okay, uh, I mean I don't I don't remember what Neil, Warnock, Neil Warnock second time around. Neil yeah. Warnock, yeah, probably. Mm, Is it the worst f- first game for a new Palace manager? Oh, that's a good question. Is, it, I mean, it, I know it's still really raw because it was only three days ago, but it feels like it to me. I can't think of a manager that had a worst given performance the, yeah, and day I mean, and everything. Given the quality of players that. Yeah, we'd thought the squad had improved. Then, yeah, mistakes were made. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Richard Nicholas, hi, hi Rich. Says, has anyone got Big Sam's phone number to hand? No, yeah. no, I haven't got it. No, is that too, so, too soon. Too soon. Too I soon. Uh, spoke to. I was at a do last week. I spoke to his uh, one of his retinue. Of, he's not his agent, but like his media advisor. 
who my legal sense is twinkling. No, no, just he was just talking about. No, he was just talking about. There was no conspiracy theory. He was just he was just exhausted. He was just really, Fair really, enough. really. You know, whatever we want to think. But the subject did come up. Yeah, you because know, we we know that his bonus has been withheld for two years, so he can't join another club. But I did ask him. Does that count if he <laughs> comes back to Palace? <laughs> so I think his ears. I don't look. I I think a lot of Palace fans. It's not beyond the realms of possibility. This is Palace. It's not beyond the realms of possibility that Allardyce is back in charge. But no, I, I think I think Steve Parrish made a big call to get De Boer, and he's got to. He can't. I think somebody's is it Terence today, red and blue. Oh, he can't blink first. He's got to. Yeah. It would you know, look what. It would look even worse to. To get rid of him, you know, say we don't win for the next four weeks or something. Yeah. It would look even worse to get rid of him then than it would to back him too long, would it? That's a very good question. I don't know how long too long is, but it, well, how Christmas long Pardew was too long. But yeah. yeah, you have to bear in mind that our start this time last season was awful. That West Brom game was so dreary and that set yeah. the tone for the season. This, this one was kind of so... Keystone cop slapstick bad. You kind of think <laughs> he is whatever we think about him. He is one of the most respected coaches in the world. And you know, as Eddie the Eagle once said, you you can't learn from success. You can only learn from failure. So did, did he? Yeah, pretty much. I think it was either him or Oscar Wilde. Um, they're very similar. <laughs> but you would hope you would hope that lessons have been learned after you know mistakes were made. Lessons have been learned. Well, uh, Stephen Golding, Gold Hi, Gold Ring. Sorry, Stephen. Hi, Stephen. Um, says. Have we hit rock bottom, Kev? He's li- literally given that to you. But what? I would, I would say we're not even second bottom of the Premier League. I would, I think it's a oh. joke question, but I would oh. say if we are going to have a result that bad, oh, already this season, bottom, I yeah. see. Oh, right, oh yeah. I know it's not, it's not rock yeah. bottom as such, but is it actually? Kind of, is the first game of the season actually in a way the best time to have that game? You get it, you get it out of the way early, and then you build, you build from here. Travis is young. I'm, I'm, I'm tainted by aging. So this is a positive spin on it. Yeah, no, it's I, yes, I think that's a fair point. It's well, you, you, for the love of God, you'd hope it is rock bottom. Yeah, you'd, <laughs> if it's getting going to get worse than this, you'd be. Maybe it'd be like yeah. ninety four, ninety five when we got pumped sure. the first day of the season, then went on to a glorious win of the league and FA yeah. Cup double. I oh, know. Wait, we were relegated. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Um, it at- could also you don't know as well. I don't know whether managers Trav and I were talking about this before you arrived. I don't know whether managers generally do this, but it could be De Boer's way of saying, look, well, I need new. I need new players in this mm, squad yeah. and I need them quickly. Could be. Yeah, could be. Know. Well, we thought that's why he was... Well, I thought that's why he was playing Luca. Well, the re- I, I think it's the reason why it's so bad is it's not just one factor that's gone into this loss. There's five or six different factors. Number one, you've mm. lost against a team that yeah. have been promoted with a negative goal difference. Who were the underdogs in the... To get promoted when they were in the playoffs at Christmas, let alone win the playoffs... You've got a new favourites to go down from the championship exactly. last you've got, year. You've yeah. got an absolute new system. There's so many changes that have been made that that loss just can't put me down to one. It, it's put down lo- loads of different factors have come into it, and you kind of you can't blame it on one separate thing. You've got new starters, you've got new players playing for the first time in the league. Whereas if that had happened, if say we'd come into that game against with, with Allardyce still as a manager, having have he's bought players in the last window that suited his system and what, whatnot. And that had happened today, well, then I would be really pissed off. But I think after a day of calming down, you look at it and just go, there's been so much change and so much difference that mm. you can't put it down to necessarily one separate thing. Of course, after one game, everybody has to look at it and just go, right, that needs to change and that needs to change. But 
<laughs> blaming it on too many things at the moment. Mm. One fan's blaming that thing. Is it, is, it's Ward's fault. No, it's the system's fault. No, it's the fact we haven't had enough yeah. pre-seasons fault. Oh, no, it's the fact we're yeah. playing two 20-year-old cent- centre-backs. That's the reason. Thank, thank means, God there is it? numerous yeah, reasons yeah, yeah. instead of just one. I'd, and it just means that it might just be a fact that it does just need to slowly iron itself out over yeah. a few games. But then, of course, once the transfer window ends and you can't make financial changes, then you start to get worried if these types of things happen. I do think I don't genuinely believe that managers make selection changes to prove a point to chairman about transfers, but I do think it might have been meant to make to prove a point to Luca to say, I don't really care where you want to play, I need you to play as one of the three centre backs. We've and got to be honest, Luca's one play. of those players yeah. out of everyone I've seen signed recently that seems to care more about the fans. In all his interviews yeah. he's mentioned the fans as the main thing. So if he was to stick back there, I'm sure he won't be too pissed off about it because I think yeah. he, he understands that it's more about how he, it looks to everyone else apart from how he actually yeah. feels. And Seems he, like one of those guys. He looked genuinely comfortable in it in pre-season. And we got, yeah, yeah he looked good. And him playing there frees up Loftus-Cheek to play. Well, we had a chat just yeah. before and in this uh, setup, and the fact that it's so ball-playing, is playing as a third centre-back that much different than playing as a defensive midfielder? Yeah, You're still Luka. in yeah. the same general area of the pitch. Yeah. So it's not really that much different to what he, he says he wants to do and has been signed to do. And Especially if you were looking to players, like you said, I think you're right about Scott Dan. I'm pointing at Andy Street here, by the way, which is always good radio. <laughs> uh, and also he's really pleased that I've said, I think you're right. So now I've changed that. I'm pointing to Travis now. Mm. I think you're right. He's on record now. So. But it's, in terms of, you're right. I mean, Scott Dan's a better defensive centre-back than any of the others, probably. But in terms of carrying the ball into space in front of him, he isn't. But Luca is very comfortable doing that and it also would free up because Loft- the one big plus was Loftus-Cheek in the second half yeah we haven't half. even really gone over that yet. Loftus-Cheek was, was, yeah, yeah. was immense in the second half and I, yeah, clearly I thought there were issues with punching but again punching's oddly in the last season considering he was the most abused Palace player is now the player that we make more allowances for than anybody else he clearly wants to play with punching yeah, Loftus-Cheek and punching makes more sense with Milivojevic as one of the centre-backs can I ask you a question about punching We've had a few mm. questions about him. Billy T. Kidd. Hello, Billy. Hello, Billy. Says, in what order would the panel rate our midfielders? I know Andy loves punching, but I have him last if we are playing two in the middle. He's gone. Kabai, Luca, Loftus-Cheek, MacArthur, punching. MacArthur. Billy. Billy, 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 Come Billy. I like, I, like, I like the fact <laughs> you name checks me, and I like your name. Billy T. Kidd is good, but... It sounds a bit Yorkshire. Yeah, it might, it might, well, <laughs> it might just be Billy T. Kid rather than the Yorkshire Kid. Maybe. Kid. It could be a Yorkshire cowboy. You don't know. And there's, there's, <laughs> a, there's an argument for putting the, the first four in a different order, but I'm not having MacArthur over punching. Not any day of the week. No, no, no. Uh, I think p- punching is. I, I've said this before. You, you know how highly I rate punching historically for everything that he's done for Palace over the course of the time that he's been here since we've been promoted. But there's no doubt that the older he gets, the more he's going to be on the wane. So, at the moment, out of the... What, what, what are the five? Kabai... Kabai, Ma- Luca, Loftus-Cheek, MacArthur. Loftus-Cheek is outrageously good. Yeah. So, he's number yeah. one for me. Uh, Luca, two. Kabai, three. Punch and four. MacArthur, five. I'd probably agree with that, personally. But what do we do about Punch? Because uh, there are a lot of people... That he does split uh, the fans, doesn't he? It, it, it does seem odd, and I think we have mentioned it before, given the the profile of player that we know De Boer wants to play, punching doesn't seem to fit any of that. There's a, he's much, much older than the sort of player. I know De Boer made him captain, which is a really good move. We all agreed. Mm-hmm. And he's still, in flashes, he's still, 
he's comfortable with the ball at his feet, which I think De Boer obviously appreciates. But and he made some good tackles on Saturday, but m- mainly in situations where he'd lost the ball in the first place. And he does, he does slow things. Do slow down. It's like you know, part of the three-four-three thing is that it's quick change. Possession moves quickly all over the pitch, not necessarily always forward, but you're part, you're moving the ball about to try and find the gaps and the spaces. And it just kind of slows down a little bit with with punch. And it's part of me is delighted that the ball seems to rate him. Part of me doesn't think. Part of me thinks he's not. First, I hate saying it. Part of me thinks he shouldn't be the first choice. If you've got, for, for all that I said about Luca as centre back, I'd still, I think for me, Luca and Loftus Cheek seems to be the logical. I mean, they seem to me to be players that are, they're not world class, but they're international. You know, Luca is an international quality mm. defensive midfield player. Loftus Cheek looks like a player of great potential. And between them, they're what, 24 and 20? 21 or 20, yeah, yeah. And increasingly, in that, that, Formation needs a lot of energy. Yeah. You don't imagine that. Yeah, yeah, and, punch has and to be fair, Trav uh, Loftus Cheek looked good in the first half, but even better in, in the second half when oh, yeah. he dropped yeah, into centre mid, didn't he? Like he, he well, is he a box to box midfielder. He was the most fouled player yeah. this weekend, yeah. which just proved his uh, his driving ability down the field. Yeah. And there was numerous times where he beat two or three players and then got brought down. There was that one I think everyone was going to remember, which will probably be in the highlight reels at the end of the season, where he's made that they put a ball through and it looks like they're going to be one on with the keeper, and he sometimes makes it back, challenges, yeah. stands up, three or four touches, and yeah. he's got that forty-yard ball yeah. that's yeah, going yeah. straight to Zaha, and that was you can't waste that type of box to box physical ability on on the right or left. He needs to be down the middle. Yeah, there's a touch of the tour edges, mm-hmm. and as, as we we're talking yeah. earlier about the kind of do we f- uh, fit this like do we use leave the manager to fit this system or do we kind of ask the manager to change up the system as much as I love punch is there a player in every single position of a 3-4-3 three, three that can do the job better than he do mm. than he can do possibly there is in our squad so maybe he does drop down as much as I do think he still adds to the team when he's on the pitch um, I do think in that certain formation there are possibly players in our squad that can do the job better than this he can do although he is a leader he's a leader and I don't agree there's a lot of criticism he has he, and he has a massive job to still play at the club but in the first 11 in a 3-4-3 maybe not this brings us back to the point on systems again I mean last season when we went for that really good run when everyone was fit and Sacco came into the team mm. we looked like we were a match for anyone but what was what was increasingly a problem as the season wore on was one the injury to Sacco yep. and yep. two the inability of Kabai to stay fit. Mm. Yeah. Now you've got in Loftus Cheek mm-hmm. a player who's taller, bigger, stronger, better touch, younger, probably young. Well, not probably younger. <laughs> yeah, younger. Yeah, 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 I was, yeah. was going to say younger, but you know, absolutely yeah. younger, probably a better all-round footballer to be honest than Kabai, who would have slotted into that position and provides the driving runs from midfield that within the context of that old system would have been really really valuable to break down the teams who sit back a bit more. You complement that with potentially the signing of Saka and all of a sudden you're going well this is a really decent team playing a specific way all of a sudden because we've decided to completely adapt the way that we play it, it means you're shifting all of these sort yeah. of moving tiles around so mm. now we're talking about well how do we accommodate the Ruben Loftus cheek who's mm. potentially one of the better English central midfielders at the moment mm-hmm. how do you accommodate him into the system and you think well are we going to play him effectively as a, a wide player as part of the three up front are, no. are you going to mm-hmm just try and put him next to punching who's better as part of a three in the centre of midfield yeah. and you know it just seems to be a slightly oh, what you're saying well, is we shouldn't be accommodating we should well, be we're accommodating everyone right players. now well no, no quite 
Yeah. Well, no, we. we that's that's, that's the opposite of what Andy said before. When, when a common, you know, you're trying to fit players who don't play the system into the system. Yeah. They have to learn to play the system, or we have to get better players in. Basically, we had the conversation about Benteke. The thing with Loftus Cheek is that I think increasingly the phrase box to box midfielder is becoming increasingly redundant. It's like defensive mm. fullback. Every midfield player is essentially someone who covers box to box. You've got to be. Mm. The same as you can't have a fullback who doesn't go forward anymore. So this argument that you have to have one sitting midfield player and one box to box player. If we watch Luca. Luca's a defensive midfield player, but he's he off, he's popping up on the edge of the other players, other teams' box as often as he is on ours, simply because that's how the game goes now, the, the pace of the game, and that's how fit you've got to be. And, and but to me, Loftus Box, Street, the only other player we've ever had driving with the ball. Well, exactly. But the only player we've had really like is Williams in the past, yeah. who's half the size of Loftus Cheek. We haven't had a player who gets the ball on a half turn like he does, and just his first ambition is just to go. Is the head for the the other team? That's, that's like, what I think a box box player is, though. Yeah, and he did that numerous times the other day. Where he's picked it up just in front of his own half, and he's and gone, gone down and, yeah. to the edge of the box. Luca doesn't do that; he meets it at both points. But yeah, what I'm saying is, in terms of yeah, fitness yeah. and in terms yeah. of energy, and in terms of that, you that. can't increasingly you can't simply have a player whose role is just no. to sit. Mm. Yeah, in but the I mean, same he, way. Lo- he looks like he would have been the perfect player to upgrade that three in the way that we were playing last season when we we're talking about the fact Kabai might leave and how we deal with that. You know, if you wanted one player who could have slotted into that system and that way of playing and really, really upgraded it and supercharged that team, it would have been Ruben off the cheek. But then you're implying that you're you're keeping the three just so you keep punching in. And I think the argument for a lot of players is you punching is not good enough whether you play him in a three or a two or a... Well, on the system, system, I've got a question from James Edmondston. Hi, James. James. He says, is Poundland Tiki Taka... (laughs) The future. <laughs> really nice. Is Poundland Tiki Taka the future, or should Frank come to terms with the idea that Palace are a direct attacking team? No, but he's. Did you want to get? I mean, Pound, this, this Poundland Tiki Taka yeah. is a great lead singer for an eighties band for a start. Did you want to get but stuck we're... on the fact that you're known as a team that plays a certain way? I mean, the whole. But do you not play to your strengths? No, because no, you've brought, you brought yeah. different players in who've got different strengths. That's the whole thing that he's, he's... And it will take some time because he's changing the culture of the club. You don't, you don't bring those players in and go, we're talking, these fans, you know what these fans really like? They love, yeah. they love 33% possession. They love us getting it <laughs> forward as quickly as possible because we lost as many games as we won playing that sort of football under every manager. Mm. And, we lost, and, we, and we left a lot of games going, I don't want to see that every week. Yeah. It's fine to keep us up. What do we want? You know, we say we want to see teams. We want to see us take on teams at home. We want to see us do this. We we, we haven't been known for twenty years as a team that sits back and soaks up pressure. And, and you know, the the five three two came about through necessity. Pulis came in and brought it to keep us up. And it just so happened that we had managers who played variations of it. So it's not like we're not like we're a team that's always you know, from nineteen oh five. That's the way we're going to play football. <laughs> we have brought players in, and you want to see. You have to. The fact is, you should be able to play different ways. And De Boer's not. I don't think De Boer's the sort of man who's totally worded to it he'll play different ways in different games and at different types of the, 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 the situation in the game but to, to suddenly say we we only play that sort of football and that's the only way we can survive is, is nonsense because we've only survived by the skin of our teeth playing that way recently so is it basically a, a case of that we, we've got these new players a few new players in that are heading us in the direction of this new system but we haven't quite maybe got the yeah, no, it's, the basically, it's, it's basically we are going to play 3-4-3 three, We've known that since we got since Frank de Boer became the manager. We've known two things about him: he'll play three four three, and he'll he'll get the players to play that way, or get new players, and he'll bring youngsters on. We have to adapt to that. We've got to adapt to it because he's not going to adapt to us. It's as simple as that. 
he'll be sacked before he adapts the way he, he, he changes no, he the way we play football. Yeah, okay. yeah. So we we just have to get used to that. Um, I guess that means we. How long have we got to the end of the window? Two weeks. Two weeks. Two and a half weeks. Yeah. We must almost certainly be seeing some more signings then, surely. I would because think he can't be, go for the rest of the season with this squad then if he's going to play that system. No, I'd be amazed if we. Would there be a new striker and a new goalkeeper? I'd, I'd be amazed if we there, have to consider the fact that we've already done our two, wasted our two loans. We're not wasting yeah. our two loans. We've, 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 already, well we've, used. we've already used our two loans. And yeah, you we used them well. So yeah. if you're looking at signing players that are there to replace first team players, it's what we're kind of. Apart from striker, we're looking at a right wing back that's going to replace our first team right wing back and a centre back. I mean, a goalkeeper that's going to replace our first team goalkeeper. And if you're going to do that, you're going to have to fork out quite a bit of money. So, if you were to loan someone, then potentially you'd loan someone that covers. We've done the Fossimenta thing. I don't. I think we'll be looking at two of the three positions. We'll, we'll, I definitely think we'll get a backup striker, but I just think it'll be one of the two out of a first team right wing back and a first choice goalkeeper. You, you could kind of argue that Townsend and Fossimenta are the first choice wing backs because Townsend seems to be really happy playing there. Fossimenta. I think Fossimenta. I think I prefer Fossimenta to play there. <laughs> I agree, but that gives you two options there for a start off. But with. I do think there's there's a few more positions than just one that we need to strengthen. No, I quite agree. The, team. But, uh, the trouble is there, there aren't. You don't know how many players are out there. I mean, De Boer mm. knows more than we do. But again, you're looking at bringing players in to adapt to the Premier League. And in terms of youngsters from the academy, it already looks as though, <coughs> excuse me, disappointingly, that Lukilo seems to be the only one that he thinks is ready to step up to the first team There's, there's talks about away. Uh, Wan-Bissaka uh, yeah, potentially yeah. being a, a plays yeah. wing-back, doesn't he, as well? Yeah. He played in pre-season. I've heard sort of fairly positive things about him as well. And he likes Luke Dreyer as well, apparently. Mm. Ladipo's mm. been on the bench mm. as well yeah. on Saturday. Yeah. So yeah. They're, they're in and around, aren't they? They yeah. are, but they're not, they don't look like we've got ready-made replacements. No. So I think in an ideal world, the way the board spoke, he would come in have a look at Beckham and go, oh, right, we've got three or four yeah. players here that are ready to step up. And but they will also that, take, if we're talking about of course, players, they'll take time absolutely, Of course they will, yeah, yeah of course they will. And but, they should um, be afforded it as much uh, as new players. Uh, again, of course they should. But yes, well, I'd be amazed if we don't bring in somebody. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna <laughs> to hopefully be a busy couple of, busy couple of weeks. Um, okay, so speaking of the right wing back issue, uh, actually, no, I'll go to left wing back because uh, Mickey, Zon in 2000, oh, Mickey. friend of ours, Mick, um, oh, yeah. has said Schlupp or Bananhoff. Schlupp. Schlupp. Was that? Van Arnholt. Should it have been Schlupp on Sunday then? I've, again, Travis and I were talking before. For me, Schlupp's just got... It, in that system, Schlupp for me has got more energy. I, I suppose you could, Van Arnholt's probably a better natural defender, but Schlupp's a better natural wing-back. Funny that Schlupp was playing at centre-back well, tail in the last season. Is, yeah. But I, yeah. I, I think uh, Van Arnholt was um, a perfect signer, signing for a manager who got the best out of Van Arnholt the time that he was managing Van Arnholt it was like I know this guy can do the job for me with what I want to do I think Schlupp would be better suited to possibly playing the I, you know I don't know I don't know there might be I, don't, <laughs> I really don't know <laughs> Van Arnold seemed to get lost a bit positionally he got dragged into the middle quite a lot in yeah. the weekend that third goal as well he was well out yeah. he got dragged but into the middle the other, a lot. the other issue as well I don't know how good Riederwald's English is so it might be that he wants a Dutch speaking left side. I don't know how good his footwork is at the moment, to be honest. Well, it's one game, <laughs> it's, it's one game. game. It's yeah. one game. Yeah. No, yeah. It really is. He went too down, he, he people looked can't like right about the Well, go yeah. on, and he he's not played it safe yeah. for the rest of the game. He's not been in a situation like that before, has no, he? No, but no. it might be it might be as practical as he wants a Dutch a Dutch speaking left yeah. left wing back next to very well on that side. I don't know, but for me, I'd rather see Schlupp there. Also, this is a question I was going to ask in part one, and I forgot. I forgot to. <coughs> Excuse me. What What will 
because I was thinking after the game, wow, De Boer will have learned so much from that game. Like that was like a crash course in, in the Premier League. What will he have learned from that? What were the main things he'd have taken away from that game? Well, I didn't. That read, he may not have known before. I didn't read Five Year Plan because you asked. Didn't you say five things that he would have learned? So you've already written the answer to that, haven't you? I didn't. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't remember writing that. Somebody wrote it in Five Year Plan. We've got a lot of people. That, that, that was w- tweet, oh, tweet enough. Who oh, uh, sent a uh, oh, was it? question? Either. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, 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 I don't I didn't read it. So. I mean, that's a, that's a question that only a, another coach could answer. Really, he, he would have learned that Ward probably isn't the right player. Because I mean, that's the one bit where the fans really, everyone was shouting for Hennessy to Ward was standing on his own, literally on his own, fifty no one near fifty yards. And everyone was shouting for Hennessy to throw the ball to him. And you can see Ward's body language. I was like, no, don't. The last thing you want to do is that. Because yeah. there's nothing I can do with it if you throw the ball to me. I haven't got the pace or the power to do anything with it. And nobody seems to be coming towards me. So I presume if he's learned anything, it will be don't pick Joe Ward in that position. And again, I'm, Joe Ward did a brilliant job for us last season. And in a straightforward 4-4-2 is somebody you would definitely consider as, a, as the right back. But it doesn't work in that system. So that's what he will have learned. He will have learned not to... I presume you'd have learned that Loftus Cheek's better as a central midfield yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. And anything, anything else that you might have learned? Yeah, that. I think you might have learned something about his goalkeepers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised it's taken you that long to, yeah. to bring keepers, it up. As opposed to keeper. Well, to the extent that he's not getting one in the next few weeks, I would hope that he would have learned that if he wants the back four, including the goalkeepers, the back three and the goalkeeper, to be pinging it about then there's one keeper there who's actually better with the ball at his feet than the other one. But, it's, you know, it's the exact opposite of this time last season when Mandanda played in the opening games when he wanted to ping it about and the two centre-backs were going, no, what are you doing? Hmm. For the love of God, don't we don't want the ball, just boot it as far as you can. Yeah. And now you've got a keeper whose job is to ping it about who's just going, I can't, I can't in all honesty do this. <laughs> Do we not the think there's going to be a keeper coming in the next couple of weeks? Oh, I think there will be. I, don't, I, I think, think they will definitely want to be on, on the priority list, surely. Yeah. On the priority list. Apart from having a backup striker, because once Pinteke goes... Yeah. Um, i got an interesting question here that I think is one for Travis. It's yeah. from Fog Dentum. Hi, Fog. Hi, Fog. He says, do you think the size of our pitch might limit our ability to change the way we play? Baroni told me at the play at Palace Day, uh, back in the summer, I played right back. Thanks. It was <laughs> easy. It was easily... No, this guy did. Oh, okay. It was easily one of the smallest pitches in the Premier League. So maybe the small size enabled Huddersfield to press us so intently and why we struggled to move away from a direct style of play. Uh, do you think that's something that's been an issue for Palace the last couple of seasons? No. I don't think you could look at the size of a pitch and it, it can't have that much of an impact on how you play because there's been times that you could look at that and just go, the small, the small pitch has helped us in certain ways I don't know I don't think that that can be used at all although sometimes you do look at it and see you know balls being pinged off and <laughs> reaching the other end of the pitch and causing attack straight away it's obviously not Wembley mm-hmm. it's not that massive but I don't think it makes that that much of a difference and I think at the style of football we're trying to play it should potentially um, potentially help us if it is a small pitch and hats off to Huddersfield for getting that much space in the second half then True, <laughs> yeah. they got that well, much would, space on a, on a small pitch if it was that, if it's such a small pitch then having two wing backs that give so much space each side of the box that that, that shouldn't be happening either because the, the amount of times that the, the, a player from the centre of the park for Huddersfield could just ping it you know or run with the ball into the wings 
It was just too dangerous. Malcolm Allison used to change the size of the pitch from game to game. Oh, really? Depending on what, really? whether they played the other team. Played no, we haven't got that much or, leeway at Sellers Park. But the thing is, with a, with a pitch, it can only be bigger or smaller within a fairly small sample size. Yeah. I think the, when the you, parameters when you, of pitch size are fairly, are yeah. maximum and minimum fairly set. It can't, it, can't, it can't make that much of a difference to pitch yeah. size. I don't think we've when got I, When I, I used to play football, I wouldn't play on a pitch and think that it, it didn't ever make that much difference to me, to be yeah. honest. It and just the, felt like the bigger the pitch was, the more space, the more space we had. The smaller the pitch, we did. A, a touch or two here and there. At the speed the game's played nowadays, a few inches a here point, and there yeah, doesn't really make that much of a difference. That's a very and point. I don't think that the size, of the, the fact that we have a small pitch, it, it's the same for both teams at the end of the day. Also, as well, it's it's interesting. The goal sizes and the pitch sizes were set a long time ago, when the average height of a footballer was about five foot seven. <laughs> so the pitch, the pitch and the goal are smaller now anyway because players are so much taller and That's more powerful and fitter and yeah, quicker. Yeah, goal, goal sizes haven't changed. I think since nineteen oh eight. Pitches are played so much that the ball pitch, can be played yeah. around the park a lot That's more really faster. Interesting. Than yeah. 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 Under well, the Premier League rules, they're all supposed to be the same size. No, not the same size. There's, there's a parameter. Isn't there? Pra- there are no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll find rule K fifteen, <laughs> unless oh, unless oh. the league otherwise allows. They're not rules. They're laws. No, that the laws are the laws of the game right. as uh, instituted oh. by FIFA. This oh, is the, okay. the laws the, of the game. The, of the these the, these, the, these are the rules of the Premier League. I've argued with a lot of things about it, Mike. Uh, yeah, it's got to be either. Well, it's not got to be either. It's got to be 105 meters in in length and 68 meters wide. And, and you can only get special permission for it not to be that if your stadium construction prevents it from being that size. So you can't do Mark Allison anymore. So it certainly used to be the case it would be within the range. Definitely. Well, so definitely used to be the Park thought, on on their pitch would be the same size as when Tottenham play at home on their field. This is what so they're going to have to Correct. make make that shorter to the extent that Wembley's pitch size is bigger than the standard for the Premier League. They're going to have then to they'll have to reduce the playing surface size oh, to Premier League that. standard size. That's interesting. Okay, so. That's genuinely interesting. So Spironi was, Spironi was wrong then. It's not one of the smallest pitches in the Premier League because they're all, yeah, the, same they're size. all the same size. Well, no, because well, then I'd have to pitch. track back and look at what the regulations said for the last yeah. five seasons. And much as I love Julian Spironi, I'm not doing that to validate the, So he might be right, he might be wrong. The pitch at Stanford Bridge looks small because the stands are so close to the... Yeah. And it sort of slopes down. So it, that's just, it's to do with the size. So when really there's going yeah, to be a... So, oh, that's, yeah, yeah. Well, that's interesting. I feel like we've all, yeah. we've all learned something there. Well, yeah, well there was a, a half-hearted somebody a few years ago who talked about there was a season where there were the fewer number, fewest number of goals scored in the Premier League for a long time, and there was a suggestion half-hearted that you should make it ten aside because, yeah, to say the pitches and the goals were meant for much smaller people, yeah, and much less fit people as well. So. Mm. Do you think they'll ever change him? No. no. And the, you can only have a triangular corner flag if you've won the championship. Is that right? Otherwise, what? you've got to have a square corner flag. Something, yeah. There's something. Yeah. I thought that was what an urban myth. No, it's not. Uh, no, it's not. Hmm. Okay. Um, and you're not allowed to weird. stamp on Tottenham players either, it turns out. As, <laughs> no. we, as we discovered yesterday. Not right in front of the referee anyway. Well, I mean, that was, that was, a, that was a red card. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> it's just one of the funniest things I've seen. Um, yeah. Are you ready for uh, possibly one of the most sort of uh, negative questions? Is it about FFP? No. Oh. Born ready. It's from Jack Laws. Hi, Jack. And he says, would it suit us to exit the League Cup as soon as possible so we can focus on the league? (laughs) (laughs) It's been one game. I I like that question. That's really cheered street. That's made my evening. That's what you need to do is ask the most pessimistic question. I've got a feeling we will probably see the youngest ever squad in the uh, Ipswich, isn't it? Yeah. I suspect it will be the youngest squad we've ever 
turned out in the game. Oh, would that be the right decision? Well, then, yeah, well, if they, they didn't end up winning 7 0. It felt like one of the youngest squad would ever fielded in a Premier League game. The other it did, day, though, it did feel that way, yeah, it did. I reckon yeah. a couple of new signings had dropped our age, yeah. age average by about yeah. two years. Yeah, we were the oldest, I think, last season. Or, no, or one of the oldest. We were in the top four. I think fourth, fourth oldest. Fourth oldest. Okay. And it was 20, Watford was it? were the oldest. Yeah. Okay. Um, right, uh, a question from James Mitchell. Hi, James. Hi, James. He's put. It's a transfer question, but he's given us six options. Oh, so it's right. like a multiple choice. Is it about FFP? No, I just told you it's a transfer question. Oh. Well, it might be the initials of one of the players. How many in. choices? Six. Okay, he's put Frank which... Frank for <laughs> He's put, which of the following is most likely to enable us to avoid relegation? Again, again it's a bit of a negative question, yeah. but anyway, I'm going to roll, roll with it. One, a new centre-back, and he's put in brackets Mavrilou Sacco. Two, a new right wing-back. Three, a new goalkeeper. Four, a change in tactics. Five, a new manager. He's put, no, this is not the wrong answer. Not the right answer. Or six, Donald Trump slash Kim Jong-un slash World War Three. <laughs> I think it's too early in the season to be hoping yeah. that World War Three might intervene mm-hmm. and there'll be a four-week break while everyone gets the ash off the pitch. But uh, two and three are the answers. No, what were the right wing back and goalkeeper? Yeah. It would be very palace, wouldn't it, that if we, like... I was about to say got to a cup final, but we did. If we were on the verge of like Champions League yeah. qualification and then World War Three happened. Yeah. Andy? That would be I just love the yeah, the typical palace that I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, it could only happen to Palace, couldn't it? And the eight billion, <laughs> As the whole world eight, eight billion other people, yeah. <laughs> Andy uh, you're gonna go number three, aren't you? It was number three goalkeeper. Yeah. Yes I was. Travis? Um uh after the other day, right wing back. Okay. So we're all split Definitely, then. You said, yeah. no, what you, you said, no, I think we've got... The th- well, actually, no, I think... I'll, but I mean, I'll, right, I'll, right I wing back, we, we, we already have someone that can do that. In terms of the other day's performance, having someone else within the squad or someone else you can bring in as a right wing back is the answer at the moment. I think the player was there. What about if we bring in day. another centre-back and actually put Fossey Metz? I, right I mean, I was surprised. I, mean, I, suppose, yeah. I was surprised because everyone... But I, I think mean, Tomkins, what, why... Uh, but, People have said these. Well, he seems to be frozen out, doesn't he? Right. Out, but I don't, I don't know why, as he did so well the tail end the last season. There's an issue with his pace, apparently. Yeah. As a yeah. as as a third centre back. Right. Yet another example of us changing the system without actually thinking about what we've got in the squad. Exactly. But James, no, we're not. There. But it's, no, but again, you have to go back to the fact we've got Frank De Boer. You, you can do the fishing rod action as much as you want. Frank De Boer, when he got, when he came in, and you can't you can't blame any Palace chairman for going for one of the best coaches in the world. Probably be is he one of the best coaches in the world? By reputation, of course he is. And there's no, it's 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 pointless going down that situation. By reputation, you talk to any coach, any player. Yes, of course, hmm. he's got a reputation as being one of the best coaches in the world. Uh, he, I should think Steve Parrish was probably as surprised as we were when Devore went. All right, I'll think about it. It's going to be yeah. three, four, three. Yeah. And the last thing Steve Parrish is going to do is go. Well, we haven't got the players to play that because Devore's going to say, "Don't worry, I can make any player into that three, four, three situation." But is it interesting, so, James's list there, there's six, well, all right, take away the World War Three. there's five options there. All right, take away the new manager. There's four options there, but that the, we didn't all agree on. So there are clearly, yeah, there yeah. are still lots of things to work on. It's he'll not bring it, one he'll, solution. He'll be looking to bring players all over the place who are ever available. Simple as that. And you'd, you'd guess there's a little bit of money because two of the players we bought in we didn't pay for and one we paid 8 million euros for. So you'd hope. Hmm. That Although we have been told that money is going to be tighter than Yeah, we know, but still... Season. There's still we haven't spent a lot of money compared to what we spent in yeah. in January. We are third lowest spenders. Yeah. So yeah. And Tomkins is a good player, but he's, he's a good player again in the conventional situation. But you don't go, all right, I've only got an average player. I'll change everything just to f- work around the average player. He's brought in players that are used to the 
to the system. Yeah. The, the right back thing is interesting because I do think we've got two options there already, and you'd be looking to to improve oh. every, at somewhere else, which is, for me is striker and. I I like, I think Fossey. Oh, well, I know he's been playing Townsend, but I'd like to see Fossey Mensa out there. I think so he's, he's got the attributes. I'd like to see Fossey Mensa out there, and I'd like to see Townsend play further forward. Yeah, because yeah, when Townsend came came on uh, at half time on Saturday and did play further forward, didn't yeah. he? In front three, we instantly looked a bit more sort of a bit more balanced. More we started balanced, making chances. More energy crosses came in. A bit like we were last season, then. Hmm. Um, no, but we weren't, were we? Clearly, if we were, we wouldn't have had to sack our manager at Christmas and get Allardyce in, who then didn't win a game for eight games. So clearly, and the only reason we eventually stayed up, does, I know he's winding me up. I know, no, but does he mean? But, does he also no. mean in the second part? In the second no, part the only reason we stayed up is we bought four players. Nothing to do with the system. We bought four players in that were better than players we already had. That's why we stayed up. Yeah. We bought, bought three players in. Fit the system we yeah. to do them. We bought three. We bought three players in that are better than players we got. No, we were We were a poor side last season. For half the season, yeah. For most of it, we were poor side for the first seven or eight games of Allardyce's reign. Yeah, it didn't, okay. it didn't, wave, March, it didn't, it didn't wave a yeah. magic wand overnight, and in fact, the only you know, it's, we we stayed up because we beat really good teams, we and we didn't beat them because of the system. We lost to, to Burnley, Swansea, and teams like that because of the, playing the system that we're all going. We have to get back. We you know Chelsea. The only time we really played well last season was Chelsea, uh, Arsenal, at home and Liverpool away, and Liverpool away was almost back to the wall. Chelsea was back to the wall. System goes out the window and things like that. You can talk about courage and determination and resistance and pride and resilience and all those great English words. But we didn't stay up last season because we played a 4-4-2 and we had an English manager. So it's pointless to say that's, that's the reason we're, we're going to go down this season because we've changed that. It's, not, it's just not true. There are, we have had a lot of questions of people saying, uh, really split, like some people saying, oh, look, I don't think the new system works. You know, let, let's change it kind of thing, which I think is... is, is too soon to say that. And people saying, well, Allardyce got eight games, to, said it would take eight games, and it did to implement it and stuff. And then other people were saying, well, Frank de Boer has had pre-season, but that's not been eight games. So hmm. people are really, really split on on what we do, how long we give a manager and, and what we do. No, they're split on how long we give this manager. And we were split, eventually we were split on how long we should give Pardew. But there, there was never a stage with Allardyce or Pardew when we were going after four or five games of the second season like last year Pardew we were shocking the first part of the season and then we had the mid the international break and we picked up a bit there was no one going well we've got to get rid of Pardew we've had three games he's terrible I think people were doing that after about the first four or five for Allardyce even though, even well, I think though that had, that, there, there was a lot more no, think, by the oh, fact that Allardyce came in and a lot of people didn't want him in in the first place I think that had a lot more to do with no, the fact I, that I think, that, I think that's fair but I think it does show that you know fans are prepared sometimes to get on the back of someone very very early I also think there's an element of he's a foreign manager we're not gonna, we don't know him he doesn't seem that friendly doesn't wave that much there's an element of that as well Pardew got way more time than he should have done could he wave more because he's, he's you know one of our own yeah Allardyce ex-England manager affable sort of bloke good, rec- good reputation people knew that he'd got teams out of trouble so he got and more time failed in that respect yeah. so he gave him the time um, I can't see the point of getting on. I, I personally can't see the point of getting on new managers and new players back this early. I don't understand. Because you're a grown-up, intelligent, mature person. That's the first time but there's a lot of people. That that are, a lot of people that I've spoken to that are just, just straight on the. There's a lot of people that feel it's like that question that was asked earlier about the uh, the Palace way of playing. What is the Palace way of playing? People are stuck with this idea of what should work and what should happen for us. Whereas the reality is that we've uh, played a few different ways to keep us up over the past few seasons. Generally, with four at the back, but um, 
it just feels like people are a bit stuck in their way of like, all right, that 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 worked for us last season. This isn't going to work for us this season. Just going back to this very old-fashioned way of having two typical English centre backs that just kick kick people and win headers, yeah. and there's no uh, time and space for change at the moment. Equally, we need Frank de Boer also to be pragmatic at points. Yeah, and I'm not saying he won't be because obviously there's not sufficient information to go on in relation to that yet. But if it gets to the end of the window, we've not brought in everyone that we need, and it becomes clear. Then I think it's justified. Become, then becomes clear that those players aren't bedding in for the moment. I mean, get me, don't get me wrong. I'm not averse to change in the slightest. Certainly not in principle, and certainly not on the basis of it being a specific type of change. But there may come a point where he has to look at it and go, well, maybe this is a bit too much, a bit too soon. Let's put a long-term plan in place, maybe a five-year one, as to how we're going to sort of enact this change. But let's row back on it a tiny bit for now. Well, the one thing I don't think he will change is the three centre-backs. But, yeah, Allardyce tried three centre-backs against Everton. I mean, we might go to a 3-5-2 rather than a 3-4-3. But I don't think he'll change the, the, the three. I think he's totally wedded to the three centre-backs. And I think he's got three players who can play that, that system. And that's fine. I don't... Can I just... I just I suddenly remembered, as Andy was talking there, I remembered a question that I wasn't going to ask, but I'm going to chuck it in quickly from Dominic Watts. Hi, Dominic. He said, should we back Frank De Boer for the whole season, even if it could risk relegation? It was well, just you talking about a five-year plan there. Uh, well, I mean, I, I think the bare minimum has to be staying in the league. And if it looks like we're a genuine threat of relegation as the season wears on. I mean, it's very, very obvious. It's obviously premature to be talking about this, but but there's no way that if I know the financial pitfalls of going down now as an owner, I look at it and if if you're getting into December and you're looking like you're either being cut adrift or you're doing particularly badly, no manager gets time in this league now. No manager at all. And especially with the squad that we've got, Parish just look at himself and he just goes, among all the teams that could potentially be up for relegation, and it's the same thing last season, people looked at our squad the whole season and just said, we're, we're too good to go down. So if there is a point where it looks like it could possibly happen with the set of players that we have, then I think changes would and should be made, like Andy said, for the financial reasons of getting relegated in the, the, flip, relegated the, flip, the, long the run. flip side of that, from, from Frank de Boer's point of view, Frank de Boer is going to work the hardest he's ever worked because the Inter Milan thing can be explained. Mm-hmm. Failing at Palace would be a massive, massive dent to his reputation. I'm hugely excited by Frank de Boer coming in. I still am. I still think it's potentially the right way to go. But having said all that, I'd be the first one to say if we're 12 games in and we've got two points, mm. no, staying in the Premier League is more important than anyone than, mm. say, than than maintaining a loyalty to somebody who clearly isn't able to do it. And Steve Parish says only that Steve Parish won't any loyalty or sentiment will go out the window and we'll get somebody in and then you know, we'll start arguing again about whether 442 is the right way to go and we can shout hoof it to our heart's content then can't we and aimlessly luft it up towards Benteke and hope that somebody gets on the end of it and that might get us enough points to steer us That's through. That's not how we were playing uh, in the, during that good run under Allardyce. You know, if you remember the goals that we scored against Chelsea, it was it was direct, but like on the floor, down the flanks, and attacking with pace from slightly deeper yeah, positions. That's how we were playing when we lost at home to Swansea and to it, Burnley. And to, so it's, oh, it was mixed, wasn't it? You yeah. know, the first goal against mixed. Arsenal was a long ball forward that Benteke yeah. flicked onto Townsend. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's it not... I just think it would be a backward step to be perfect. And I think it comes a time when we have to break out of this whole it's the palace way, it's this, that and the other. We wanna we wanna go forward as a club with this there are certain things you you have to do. And, I was and if, like, yeah, we, we, everybody's been screaming about oh, we've got to beat people at home, we've got to go we've got to take people on. All right, fine, let's let's go back to the old ways where we sit back and 
you know, but if we'd done that against Huddersfield, if, if we if it was an hour gone, and we'd sat back for the whole game and let Huddersfield mm-hmm. come onto us, everybody would be going, "What's, what's going on? What are we yeah, doing? Yeah. This is ludicrous. It's Huddersfield." We definitely tried yeah. against Huddersfield. We definitely tried to be attacking. We just made too many terrible, sloppy, immature errors at the back. That's yeah. the whole thing. Went. It was everybody made errors all over the place. Every and up front as well. Yeah. Sahar made errors. Sahar just Sahar didn't have a good game. Big Techy didn't have a good full stop. So nobody yeah. had a good game apart yeah. from Loftus Cheek in the second half. So that's why it's just why this argument is is one of those really bad days at the office, yeah. which, which we gave Allardyce a lot of credit for. For a lot of, you know, it was a bad day at the office with Sunderland. You know, it's not, it's not like him. It's, we just need to give one of the best coaches in the world the same degree of loyalty and patience that we, we gave to mm. Allardyce and Pardew and Warnock and Holloway, for the love of God. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's true, yeah. Well, speaking of Frank DeBoer then, um, Jesse Boyce, Hi, Jesse. Hi, Jesse. Jesse. our hey. designer for, our, uh, for the fanzine, hey, um, has said, um, has Frank DeBoer invented a new genre of touchline sh- chic? Oh, the slacks. With his jacket and chino picnic get-up. Yeah. <laughs> not a fan? Not right. Just, no. Would you prefer him in like tracksuits and trainers? No, I'd prefer him in a proper... Like, I'd just like things to match if you're going to do that sort of... It's like some, it's like it's like I didn't like it? the Schalke manager, just the T-shirt and jeans. It's like, take it seriously, mate. It was always pre-season. I don't know, but it looked like he won a competition to be there. It's like, <laughs> yeah. So it just, it is, Sammy Lee looked like he was more at home with the, the chinos and... The blazer comment that looked like a look he could get Sam behind. Lee doesn't wear anything other than tracksuit, I don't think. It's ever. impossible to imagine. It doesn't matter what he wears, you, your mind won't let you see in, in anything other than a <laughs> tracksuit. It's as simple as that. He could have his wedding suit on, you just your mind would register tracksuit, basically. Okay, uh, the next question is from Daniel Schilling. Hi Daniel. Hi, Daniel. He says, despite the money spent on the disabled sections of the ground, when will the club acknowledge the view from all sections of it is abysmal? Um, I think he tweeted a couple of photos as well, didn't he, yeah. Andy, that went around. Um, yeah. All right, I'm thinking some... that there's, a, there's part of a new facility at the front of the maze down, but not fully part of it. I think there's yeah. still some, some people up near... The Homestead? No, I think home. it's the top of the Homestead near about A or B. It's still a bit crowded. Where they have the box where the TV gets presented from, with the stick above the top of that, there's a section behind there where you can't necessarily see over. Yeah, and something better needs to be done, frankly. Yeah. It's not good it's enough. Right, yeah. I, I don't, I, frankly, I do not give a shit if it pisses people off that they're being moved. You're not disabled. You can go somewhere else in the stadium yeah. where your view isn't going to be impeded as much as someone who needs to have mm. proper facilities put into accommodation. Definitely. Yeah. I'm surprised as well because they have tried to improve access for wheelchairs in other parts of the stadium as well. Again, it's about time because... it. I think this is a hang-up from previous administrations, basically, because the the Premier League, all levels of football, have got the bare minimum that you have to do for disabled and immobile fans. And then there's what a club should be doing for disabled, immobile, blind fans. It's like Arsenal, for example, have got chair got commentators for blind fans, so they've got their own mm-hmm. uh, commentating system all the way through, or they've got people to describe the game to them if they wish, which is how it should be. And and the the view for disabled fans at Arsenal. The facilities are perfect and disabled fans, there is an argument, some disabled fans use, they don't want to get in for nothing, of course, but certainly helpers should be, if they need them, should be able to get in for nothing. And as Andy says, if it inconveniences a few fans who have to move somewhere else, then so be it. Yeah. it it's always been it's always been a factor of the fact that our stadium's been quite dilapidated. That yeah. It's always been, unfortunately, at the bottom of the list, I think, for improvement. But there's no excuse for any Premier League club with the money it has to not make the facilities for non-able fans as good as they 
as they can possibly be, basically. And for the people that are at the game with them, there's no yeah. excuse for that anymore. And improving the facilities so. that, are, that are already there instead yeah. of just adding new I ones. Mean, there yeah. is the argument what's, what's it'd be yeah. easier at the Emirates. It's a new... Yes, know, no, I understand, no, no, I understand that, but it's still there's room. If, if you have to lose... It's, if it's a financial thing, tough. If you have to lose 100 seats yeah. and the income from 100 season tickets, then you have to lose that, basically, and you have to make it up. And that, but we all know that the, I think the lowest proportion of any club in the Premier League's income is actual ticket sales. Mm-hmm. That's a drop in the ocean compared to sponsorship and whatever. So uh, if you have to lose that little bit of money, you can accommodate fans. We're not. It's not completely sold out. You can accommodate fans and, and the facilities for... I think and I think yeah. everyone listening to this can agree that if it was yeah. lower on the list, it should be higher on the list. Of course, it should. Yeah, yeah, if yeah, steps can be taken to renovate the inside of the club shop, if steps can be taken to paint the gates, and if ramps. steps can be taken to and put, ramps. Uh, yeah, yeah, steps and if, ramps. If, if steps, uh, if, if, very good. Uh, if if oh, I just got it, I just got it. Yeah, sorry. I did. Um, <laughs> if, if things can be done, thank you very much yeah. to build this whole fan zone thing outside the main stand, then the bare minimum that disabled people going to matches deserve is to have exactly the same experience to the best that they can yeah. Yeah. as other fans I don't, I don't so think... not having an impeded view by having a stupid yeah. part of the Arthur Waits awning blocking them or you know the press press bit for Sky in front of them uh, no, it was ridiculous impeding the their view you know? yeah. just I, sort it out it's I not should, difficult I, I should clarify as well I'm not in any way suggesting that they are low priority for, no, for no, Palace no, as a club you. they're clearly not but in the past because of infrastructure issues and let's be fair in the past we didn't have that many fans disabled or otherwise so it wasn't an issue so it clearly it is of course it's an issue for the club and they're aware of it but it it needs to be sorted out and and if one disabled fan tells us it's not good enough then it's not good enough yeah, simple exactly. as that. and especially exactly. as Andy says if it's if it's if it's outside infrastructure that's getting in the way and also it's not like we've got we're not that big a club. We're not. It's not that many fans we're talking about either, unfortunately. But you know, we've got away fans as well. But it's, yeah. it needs to be sorted out. And I'm sure. I'm, I'm, one thing I think you can always say about Parish and Browett to an extent is that once things are highlighted, highlighted, yeah. they do tend to try and sort them out. Yeah, and as I, as I think possible. I did see that Daniel's tweet got a lot of uh, yeah. responses. So hopefully, this is something well, we also, can we can update positively in the future. But also, the thing is as well it's that we can we can highlight and publicise it, but. The people the club need to be talking to are the disabled fans themselves because, Absolutely. you know, they're the ones who, who can tell the club what they want. We can't. We yeah. can say nice things and good liberal things, but yeah. in terms of actually what they need, in, for all sides, it's not just getting there. It's not just getting in, is it? It's toilet facilities. It's catering facilities. It's yeah. It's not getting. It's all sorts of stuff. So well, hopefully yeah. that will that will be improved, yeah. and uh, yeah, we can hopefully update people on that. As and when it happens, um, I've I've put a couple of positive questions because I know we've had right. Of, it's been fun. I'll say that. At <laughs> the end of this section, is it about babies? No, oh. it's not. I'm an expert um, on that. The first I one. Know. When did your baby start crying during goals on Sunday on Sunday morning? <laughs> <laughs> so he'd, he'd, he'd been sitting in perfect silence since like, he'd, he'd woken up at about six o'clock. Went downstairs, sat there for a good few hours. Just as you got home, apparently. Was that yeah. Right? <laughs> no, no comment. Sat down there for hours. Goals on Sunday comes on completely silent even with Chris Kimara's witterings in the background the Palace highlights come on and within two seconds <laughs> starts absolutely wailing and I know how he felt good already a Palace fan probably oh, yeah, exactly yeah, you, exactly. Know, you know the medical term for that don't you what's that coincidence <laughs> also what it was he sitting in your lap yeah. Oh, well, that's it. You, well, you tensed up then. Didn't you, you were you crying got, as well, yeah. so he just copied you. Maybe, maybe that's true. Yeah. You'd probably just pushed him off your knee and gone, ah, oh, for the love of. Wow. <laughs> 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 right. Okay. Oh, he's swearing in my ear. <laughs> Couple Who's more. Oh, yeah. So I'm sorry. We, we did swear last week when he was on you. We, did we? Yeah, we did. Yeah. By yeah. which I mean I did. 
Um, right. Final two questions, and they are positive ones. From first one's from Lardy Dardum. Lardy Dardum. He or she says, on a positive note, which was better? West Ham getting beaten 4 0 and lifting us off the bottom of the table, or Lewis Dunk's own goal? Lewis Dunk's own goal. Yeah. Well, the West Ham thing was because I was already explaining to a friend who was staying with us, a baffled friend, that 3 0 was great because alphabetically. <laughs> we'd, already, we'd already been lifted off the bottom of the tables, but it was nice to have it confirmed. confirmed yeah. well, it's just so, if you remember last season, remember when we equalised against Bournemouth in the last kick, last yeah. head of the game? That lifted was us it Benteke? Was it? No, no it's Scott Dan. Dan. Oh, right. But that lifted us out of the bottom three before an international break, which cheered me up knowing. So <laughs> I was genuinely cheered up for all that I said, let's stop being negative. The fact that we were off the bottom of the table last yeah. night. I quite enjoyed it. The, uh, the own goal was leagues better than that. I also quite enjoyed, did you see Mendy's response to it on Twitter? Bullet header. Bullet header. <laughs> yeah. Crying face, crying face, crying face. <laughs> which, I, which I really enjoyed. That's, yeah. It's not like the old days. You're supposed to give him a little consoling tap on the shoulder. Well, and, and then, uh, no, Steve Gerrard was going mental, going, oh, well, you know, it, at some point, Mendy's going to make a mistake at this, uh, uh, right. th- this season. That's what we all think, isn't it? That's great. Yeah. No, that's good. We need more footballers doing that, especially yeah. if it's against Brighton. Yeah. Um, and finally, Matthew Bull 24. Hi, Hi Matthew. Matthew. Has put, we all need to have a positive outlook. There's still 111 points available. Very positive. Yeah. Has he not been listening to me for any podcasts <laughs> ever? Uh, right. Okay. That wraps up our questions uh, this week. Thank you very much for sending them in. Sorry we couldn't answer all of them, uh, but please keep sending them in each week. After break, we're going to preview Palace's trip to Anfield on Saturday. <laughs> Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey, 111 points to get. <laughs> Pod uh, 220, sponsored by Vector Printing. For your printing embroidery needs, go to vector.co.uk. It's Vector Weather. Okay. okay. And JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I, I will. will. That's almost like harmonies there. Well, that's that's it, it? Yeah, it was good. Um, A few weeks in the making, but we got there. So... Oh, and just another reminder as well. Next home game Swansea. is Swansea at home. The new issue of FYP, issue 49, I believe. Ooh. One away from the big five mm. um, Will be available uh, first issue of the season around the ground from like one o'clock onwards. Um, it's a 48-page issue, so it's packed and it's got a lot of very good stuff in it. So have a look out for that next home game. Um, right, Liverpool away next game. Mm-hmm. Traditionally... Mm. Quite a good game for Palace, in a way. Uh, but Travis, you made an interesting point off-air um, that oh, we've yeah. almost had a bit of practice against <laughs> playing against Yeah, Liverpool exactly. I wouldn't, I wouldn't... Yeah, it's... I was speaking to Kev a little bit earlier about it, and it's... Out of every team that you don't well, want to let's, play... Let's, let's, like, let's, let's put this in context to make Travis look even better. Okay. <laughs> okay. When I said to Travis in the kitchen, well, the good thing is we won't be playing another team who swarm around us like that. And then tries to yeah play them next week. <laughs> there is, I yeah. think that Huddersfield the um the way the way they're playing, everyone is basically just saying they are that what what Liverpool do. They got the set, they got a German, another German manager. It's that German way of pressing really high up the field, and they are with Salah in the team as well. They're really, 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 really dangerous at it. But in the same way, they are the first team to get to promote from the championship with negative points. Liverpool have a major, major problem at the back, which was highlighted on the weekend as well. But if we couldn't score against Huddersfield, we've managed to take advantage of the fact that Liverpool have been weak the couple of seasons at defensively and have scored against them. 
the thing that concerned me about the other, that this weekend was that will we actually break Liverpool down at any point? Knowing how much better they are attacking wise, I dread to think what happens if we start with the same lineup. I very much doubt Ward will be in there, and I think he would tighten things up majorly, knowing that we're playing them. But if that was Liverpool this weekend, then it would have been four times as worse. Because on paper they are four times as good. Yeah. yeah. Although football isn't played on paper, but you know it's it's got to be a massive change around this weekend. I wish it was because then I would have to leave the Porsons. <laughs> <laughs> Just like look down at the piece of paper. You'd. You'd, you'd guess that Coutinho wouldn't be playing against us. No, which is a I big, doubt it. A big bonus. Because it means that any free kick that Hennessy yeah. went have to step the wrong way yeah. probably be saving <laughs> it. And against Watford, it's, point. it's quite clear that despite what every single pundit that Liverpool fan has said throughout Klopp's reign and throughout the summer, they can't, they simply can't defend set pieces. It's just, and they're poor at the back. They look vulnerable to players running at them on Saturday. But we've um, conceded more from set pieces. I know, than I know, we're but past. not necessarily against Liverpool. But I think there is the psychological element that for a lot of you know, Huddersfield, and this sounds a bit odd considering you're comparing Huddersfield to Liverpool. Huddersfield were an unknown for a lot of our players. You go to Anfield with a really good record, so there is that kind of psychological. Should they have been unknown? I mean, surely our preparation no, should have no, been. No, of course, but they, well, they are. You can't. The fact is, they won't have played against them before. They haven't played Huddersfield before. And of course, there is the preparation. I'm sure they were, but Frank de Boer won't have known that much about Huddersfield. I'm sure they would have seen videos of them, but I still think there would have been an element of. You said off the game, you knew exactly how they were going to play. Well, exactly, yeah, but. And they did it anyway. And I think also with the players, I think you, there can't help have been an air of perhaps unnecessary confidence. But they will go to Liverpool, and Liverpool players are much more of a known quantity. They, they know what the atmosphere is like up there and how we can beat it. Our fans will be right behind them. So there is that. Well, but, I just feel but, in a way a kind of perfect team to play because we've now got it wrong against that system so we know I, do. I don't think ask me that next week is the answer to that question and I, I think I can't remember if, if it was uh, Hopkins looking to curl one or Red and Blue or Army again saying almost the worst thing that can happen is that we go to Anfield and we concede possession and we win 2-0 with 30% possession playing in a slightly different system and everyone goes, well, that's the way to do it. It's like, yeah. I've, I don't think the system will change at all next week. The personnel will definitely change. Yeah. And I think, I think in a way, it might be one of those systems that's better suited to playing better teams. I don't know. But so who do we think the personnel's going to be? I, I would guess, I would guess that Luca will play centre-back. And Fossumens will, and Fossa right will play right, but I, get, I would guess it would be Dan, Luca, and and Kabai will be fit to slot into the midfield. It's possible. I still think I th- would be amazed if it isn't Loftus Cheek and Punch. one other. I would be Loftus, Loftus Cheek and Kabai for me would be. I, I mean, Kabai played for the under three threes today, didn't he? So it, I don't know. It's it's unlikely, but then I didn't think he'd put Fossumens straight in. But I don't think Fossumens would play centre back. I think Loftus Cheek will start in the middle, and I would hope that Townsend starts in the front three. In the front three. Would be my hope because he did look, he did look well in it. Yeah. What about you, Andy? What, what, who do you, who do you like to see? Or we where? may have bought somebody. Well, then, we may. Yeah, we yeah. may. Have done. Uh, Julian Speroni in goal. I nearly said apart that's from right. goal. I think that's fine. That's a perfectly valid shout. Okay, that's, that's right. not an outrageous shout. No, no, it's not. I'm with it. I agree with him. It's a habit. No, I agree with him. I think he's in the part in the past. It's been muscle memory, and he's done it. Yeah. Like a dead frog twitching finally. But, but now I think he's I think I think ninety percent of the Palace fans would go, why not play Julian in goal? Okay. Yeah. So I was a pioneer in that regard, yeah. some would say. Well <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't use that word, but 
Thank you very much. Uh, I would be dropping Luca back into that back three, pretty yeah. much for the reasons that you say. Yeah. Uh, I would be shifting Fossey Manchester outside because I just think you're wasting Townsend by dropping him that deep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Joe Ward is Joe Ward. Um, I'd be going with one of Punchin and Kavai, whichever is fitter, next yeah. next to Loftus Cheek. Because Loftus Cheek, I, I don't. You're wasting someone who's that good driving with the ball by yeah. playing him as part yeah. of that front yeah. three. He's good enough technically to do it, but you've not got anyone who can do what he does yeah. from the centre of the park. So I'd be having him there. Good point. Uh, so in a way, sorry to cut in. In a way, we've we've learned quite a few things from that Huddersfield game already, haven't we? We've learned obviously where to play Loftus Cheek. We've learned. Wardy doesn't work there. We've learned that Luca's got to drop back a bit. So, you know, it has kind of taken us forward. Although it was a terrible result, it has made us learn a few things about our squad. Well, we, we, we knew could have said beforehand that, that Wardy wasn't going to work there. We could have said that in the first five minutes of the pod and been long <laughs> gone. And that's pretty much, we've, it's been a long-winded way of getting around to exactly, exactly that. But no, but you're right. You're absolutely right. And then I go, Schlapp or Van Arnold, I don't think there's a huge amount in them. The, like into the difference between two of them frankly so whichever one you want to pick there I'm not really too fussed one way or the other and then as a front three I mean if you're going to retain anything of the old system the front three of Andros Wolf and uh, Benteke at least trying to play with a semblance of how they were playing because as Kevin rightly says Benteke cannot play as the sort of guy who comes really deep and tries to link stuff up massively with his feet and Wolf and Andros seem to look best when they're providing balance on either flank yeah. and that that's not necessarily got to say that you know every time they've got to get to the byline and dink one into the back post to ben, for Benteke to uh, nod in I, I'm not too bothered if they play a little bit more narrow and some of the width comes from the wing backs at times but I just think those three have a bit more of an understanding than anyone else will have playing that far forward mm-hmm. so that would be mine Trav you nodding along agree with that with no the, for the front three thing is the, the main thing I just think Andros is like Street said, wasted so far back. I think as a, as a right wing back, being a left footed player as well doesn't necessarily help him. Mm. Fossey meant so. That's a really de- good demon, yeah, demonstrated yeah, yeah. by that um, <laughs> by that made that bit of speed where he did make up for that Dan misplaced pass that yeah. put the player one on one. And I think some, I think one of the commentators just said, if you know that player's just stu- stuck in a um. He was stuck in a French league mentality, and the rest of the team was stuck in a. Ch- he would have put that away if that was any other team, and it was a, champ- a Premier League striker. They would have slotted that away. But the pace that uh, Fossey Mentz had just proves that he's the player you can play in that position. He's yeah. right-footed. If you're putting someone down there, Townsend is so obvious. He's like a budget Iron Robin. Like he, he's going to cut in on that side the whole time. If he does put a cross in on his right, it's not going to be a whipped cross across the front of face of goal. It's going to be one of those ones where, all right, I can stick my right foot just underneath the ball and dink it in a bit. He's done it a few times, but I just don't think he's, even though he's better than Ward at that, that back, I think it's um, definitely more suited to the front three and has far more effect in that front three. And also if he's a part of the front three, then him and Zahar can swap wings. Yeah. Yeah, they, they could sort of, yeah, it all, all, the time. Yeah, it all the time. All the time. And also, it takes men off Wilf, doesn't it? Because Absolutely. If, yeah. if you have well, he was, out, he was marked out of that game, and yeah. definitely in the first half, which, yeah. like you said earlier, resorted him to being the player that we saw a few seasons ago that was complaining about challenges. But we saw that last season, Townsend, when he was on form in the front three, yeah, yeah. took people away yeah, from, from Wilf. Okay, so. yeah. okay right. Work. Well, there you go. That's our preferred lineups, hopefully. Um, and that's the end of this pod. So we'll be with you again after Palace have played Liverpool at the weekend. And after I've got Andy's hook out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks for joining us. 
lads thanks for being on the pod pleasure and thanks for listening Um, we'll be with you again next week so bye. bye bye Okay, let's get this cavity filled. Uh, doctor, I think your tank is leaking laughing gas. Gas? <laughs> Did you hear you can save on gas at BJ's Wholesale Club? Wait, you can save on gas at BJ's? <laughs> yeah, members save on everyday low gas prices. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> nope, these savings are no joke. <laughs> BJ's, absurdly simple savings. Shop today. Not a member? Go to bj's.com slash simple savings. Sports Social Podcast Network.